Hi, everyone. It's Gabby. And we're going to start doing some bonus episodes weekly for the listeners. And what we're trying to do is just take these specific bite-sized topics, go through them pretty quickly, and drill down on specific takeaways. What we're also doing is we fielded some questions and we try to elaborate from there. Hi, so for the bonus round around the conversation with PJ Nessler, we we talked about a lot of things and um, then I was asked just to expand on a couple points in there. PJ mentioned sort of jokingly and seriously about using even breathing in his interpersonal relationships or conflicts and um, his protocols and breathing techniques. And so I was asked, you know, without getting too sciencey, um, you know, what do I do now in conflicts that's healthier than what I used to do? Well, that's really easy because I was never taught and it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like I was neglected. I just was never taught how to have healthy conflict. And also, I think because I generally thought keeping my emotions close to the vest was really, that's just how I dealt with things. And it was more organized. It was, I didn't have to expose myself, right, to say, hey, I'm sad or I'm angry or um, I didn't like when you said that this actually is exposing yourself. And so it wasn't until I was with Laird and after a a long period of time, funny enough, uh, was I willing to actually say how I was feeling because I didn't want to be that vulnerable. And so what maybe for me was like, oh, I thought I was being stoic or coming across as strong after kind of being in a relationship, especially with somebody who's the opposite, right? Like Laird is out there. He says everything he thinks and feels, even when he's wrong. He's totally okay with like someone's going to think I'm wrong or they won't agree with me um, or they'll feel differently, and he's okay with that. And so early on in our relationship, I wouldn't say anything. And so I thought, well, I love him. I'm going to be with him, and I'm not going to say anything. And then what happened is I sort of would develop kind of grudges about things, but I'm not giving the other person an opportunity it's not like I'm saying, "Hey, this is you know, this is how I feel when you do this." Instead, I just bottled it in, and then after about five years, we almost broke up. And um, and I couldn't trace it back. It's like, in a way, it's like you can't trace it back to sort of these very small things that, if had you had a conversation, you could have probably saved yourself a lot of grief and time. And that was definitely one of the big lessons. So instead, you have five years of a bunch of little things that you can't really point to one so the other person understands what you're talking about. And you have very specific examples. You're just like, yeah, I'm not into this anymore. Or you're like this. Or whatever weird things you do. Uh, just from lack of someone teaching you and, and then practicing and seeing how they, how they receive um, you know, your feelings. So long story short, after we kind of decided, hey, we're going to really try to give it a go, I promised myself that I would speak up and that I, I would always communicate um, even when I felt uncomfortable. Or and, and, you know, sometimes what you realize, and I know, you know, if you're in, into any relationship at all, it's, this isn't, it isn't a question of one person is right and one person is wrong. It's when these things happen, I feel this. 
Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll go a little deeper on it. Laird is very um, intense. He wants to be out in nature all the time. Sometimes the environment, whether it's the actual environment or he has other commitments, you know, with the with work or, or something like that, doesn't really allow for him to be out there. And it makes him crabby. And uh, sometimes, you know, he has no problem kind of just there. what you see is what you get. And it's beautiful, but after a while you live with it and you're just like, holy cow, I mean, this is intense. And um, so in the old days, let's say Laird was in a weird mood, I'd either walk on eggshells, which let me tell you is a no-no, never do that, because not only do you harbor resentment, but the other person secretly is more mad because they're bummed that they see you're walking on eggshells. And um, I always say, like, don't flatten out. You have to kind of set a, a very clear sort of boundary. doesn't mean you're combative or unnecessarily confrontational or even like, hey, here's the boundary. It's just that you have a clear boundary of what you are willing to kind of navigate, and then you have to speak up. That's on us. And so Laird was in a mood, and it was a really a crunchy one, and I split and took Brody. Um, one of our daughters had to go somewhere and it took a while. It took like four hours. We were doing something. And I thought, okay, that'll be enough time. And usually, you know, he kind of figures out like, oh yeah, that's not working. And I come home and it's like even worse. And I think, oh, here we go. But it, again, I'm not looking for it and I'm not looking to make it about me. In the old days, I might've been like, if you were happier or you loved me more, you wouldn't act like that. And it really just has nothing to do with that. So we had dinner. It was totally unpleasant, <laughs> you know, the kind. And I thought, okay, I can just take a shower and like get to bed and tomorrow's another day. And, and that's just experience, right? We're in this, I'm in 26 years. So this is the experience of having had days like this and knowing that you're going to love each other. You'll work it out. But he went a little, he just, he pushed, he went far. So finally, um, you know, Laird likes to have all the, rooms getting dark as we're going to bed. And so even in our bathroom, when he takes a shower at night, he turns on one very small light, usually like in the water closet, but that it's like, hey, we're winding down. We're getting ready for bed. So he's sitting in the shower. I decide, you know, I have to say something now. And I flick the lights on, which is not like me, but it's also like, okay, I have to lean into this a little bit and just go right up to him. And I, and I said to him, listen, I'm, I get it. I know why you're like this. Cause it's also, by the way, connected to everything else I love about him, his free spirit. Um, just the fact that he loves to go in nature. So I understand like it's all connected, like all of us, everything pretty cool about me is probably some of the things that it's obnoxious to be with. But I just said, I, I felt like I was like, I'm too old to be reprimanded by my partner. Because that's what it started to feel like. I don't know if you ever get in that dynamic um, where it's like your partners, but somehow like someone's acting like you're they're like someone else is in trouble. It's like, okay, I I'm too old for this. Like I have parents and you're not one of them. And I, you know, I used to joke with Laird sometimes, like I get corralled in with the girls, my daughters, and I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not like one of your daughters. But with no emotion, not like hysterical not combative, not to looking to make him feel guilty or weird. I'm not a victim in this, but just like, hey, like this isn't, it's not cool. And he said, clear as day, 
it's just not my intention. My intention is not that. And I'll be honest, I did sleep in the other room that night, but it was more about just giving things space. And it wasn't about, huh, I'm sleeping in the other room. It was just needing kind of that perspective and that distance. So what I would say is that what I've learned typically is, unless you're going to say something and let the other person know, you can't get too aggravated by it uh, because they don't, maybe they're just, they're in the middle of it, you know, and they, and they can't get out of their own way. And so it is really on us to stand up for ourselves. But what I do say is that how I have used trying to be healthy or be healthier or breathing and just slowing everything down is creating that space. That's what it's for. How do I get a little bit of distance between my emotions, which may be real or not real, um, and what's happening? And that can be in anything. That can be in business. That can be in parenting. That can be in a really seriously critical situation where making the right decision is a good idea. Um, so, so one thing helpful with that is if you exhale longer than you inhale, that begins to downregulate you. Um, so if you can do that for a few minutes, generally that puts you, depending on how aggravated you are, into your parasympathetic. So I, I, I just you know, want to be very clear. I have learned most things by doing them wrong you know, like all of us and through making my own mistakes and through, um, you know, big mistakes, even as an adult and, and being not, you know, imperfect and hurting people that I love. I did not, you know, these were not things that you get put into the world and then you go to college and they go great. Now you know how to communicate. Now you know how to have healthy conflict. Um, now you know how to stand up for yourself. Now you know how to express yourself. So I just want to be really clear that if any of this sounds reasonable, it's because I have stunk it up so badly before this. Um, and, and then I was asked, like, hey, what do you still strive to do better? I, there's so much. I strive to listen more. And when I say that, I mean and not fix and not solve for people, especially the ones close to me, like my my family members, I am striving, and I, I alluded to this a little bit in my last solo podcast, to offload narratives. It's like every day, you know, instead of being defined by so many things that I think I am or that I'm supposed to represent, it's like, how do I just try to be who I am right in this moment? Um, I, and I, I don't think I do that great. Um, because you get locked in into these identifications and things. And, and to wait, to let things wait till tomorrow. I'm always trying to button everything up or get the checklist done. And sometimes that's at the cost of an intimate moment with someone in my family or you know, going, taking five minutes to go out and look at the moon. This podcast is brought to you by Babbel. I don't know about you, but every time I travel, I kick myself that I haven't spent more time learning whatever language it is in the place that I'm visiting. It's like you want to connect with the people in a real way. Well, immersion, you know, that's the best way. But most of us can't move somewhere and, and you know, live there and learn the language, even though that's number one. But number two is with Babbel. 
And the reason that is, is first of all, they have, it's really quick. They've got 10 minute lessons and, but they're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. But what I love about it is it's designed by real people for real conversations. It's like, listen, we all want to know, like talk about food and directions and things like that. And Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. And that's the other thing I love is just combining that because you think, okay, maybe using a trip that you have planned or getting together with family somewhere, using that as your motivation to get going. And you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that maybe don't really even help you you know, speak a new language. In fact, a study showed, there was one study, they did studies at Yale, Michigan State, that Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours, that's nothing, is equivalent to a full semester at college. They've got over 16 million subscribers sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. So here's the incredible offer for a special limited-time deal for our listeners right now. You can get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash Gabby. So to get 50% off at babbel.com slash Gabby, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Gabby. Some rules and restrictions may apply. Fun for me, I don't know how high it is on the list. And feeling it more than experiencing it through my my brain. Because there's like a time and a place. And I, I'm trying to shift more into feeling it in my in my heart and my body and not, you know, always analyzing everything. Um, so those are some, I mean, the list again is long, longer. Um than that. Um, and I, I get asked a lot about compartmentalizing. Um, and I'm, I, I would say I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at that. Um, but sometimes, you know, I, I think you don't want to compartmentalize too much. So it's this fine line of, Hey, I might be having something going on that can't resolve itself. You know, We've all have things happen to us, even ones that we're not creating, that like it's going to take time to heal or get better. And so, but life has to go on. And, um, and that, that is an interesting dance. Um, but I always go into if someone was going to say a conflict or a fight with the idea of resolving it, not with winning or punishing somebody. So if you ask me what I do, probably a lot better than I used to when I was younger. Because remember, you come from athletics, it's like, well, somebody has to lose and somebody has to win. And what you realize in life is um, if you win, then I win. And um, I want to live there. you know. And even if it's like in the parking lot with a stranger, I don't need to... Their victories are my victories. And, and just... Uh, and, and kind of entering misunderstandings with this attitude because the other, right. If you get angry or aggressive, I have since learned, you know, this is really coming from that scared part of myself. And so 
maybe that would be another place that I, I'm trying to work on being better is, is uh, to recognize quickly like, ooh, you're uncomfortable or you're afraid because you are really aggressive. And another little trick that really helps me a lot is I honor my instincts you know, most of the time, I really do. And it doesn't mean I'm judging somebody or I'm judging the situation, but I'm getting information and I'm trying to really listen to that. So, you know, even with people, like there's people where I'm like, you know, maybe we're just, um, it's like we don't have a natural chemistry or we do things differently. And rather than getting frustrated or start trying to guess why they do things the way they do, I've actually also learned to get that distance and, um, and not like get super focused on them, but actually almost make it fuzzy um, because it's not worth it. There's so much time we spend on like being confused by people or why they're doing something the way they do it or letting that anger us. And um, you realize in, a, in an hour, it's not going to bother you. So how could I get to that quicker too? So in the conversations with PJ, I understood what he meant about the breathing and using that. But it's, it's also using all these experiences that we're collecting to get to these better places sooner. Um, I'm thinking like, you know, by, by the time all the kids move out of the house or, you know, I'm like 80, I should get pretty good at it. But I fall all the time. And, and, and then finally I'll say this. I honor all my feelings. So if I'm aggravated by somebody, I have a very honest internal dialogue with myself, like kind of brutal sometimes. And it's good because I can just offload it inside. I'm, I mean, I can, it can be brutal and, um, and it could be, you know, about, it could be layered. It could be someone I'm, you know, working with. It could be a kid. Cause I sometimes think being too, at least internally diplomatic, like that's okay. I don't think that's good either. I think like being like, uh, you know, even if it's like, oh, you know, F these people and, and maybe it's the person that like, you know, you're going to sleep next to and then go, okay, cool. I've, I've had that thing inside myself. Now what are you going to do? Um, I think that's really helpful. So don't, I, I, I never try to lose that. I'm never, I'm not always like someone's mommy and someone's wife and someone who's trying to, you know, be healthy. Sometimes I'm like, you know, a belligerent teenager and internally rolling my eyes. And, um, and then I work from there because I feel like then I can release it quicker. But uh, the breath definitely is helpful, but also feeling good. So if you don't have new children, getting to bed, exercising, eating healthy, all of it, all of it, all of it is not so that you can be, you know, six pack abs or a high performance athlete. It's so that you can be a high performing organism, human being who, uh, you know, walks through their life trying to make it easier, not only for yourself, but maybe the people around you. That wraps it up for today. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to The Gabby Reese Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can follow me at Gabby Reese on Instagram and Twitter. Aloha. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.